Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. Welcome to another episode of the Kasafa Show as we reach the semi-final stage of the Africa Cup of Nations and reflect back on the performances of our Southern African teams in a tournament that has featured a number of shock results. We'll hear the views of French journalist Frank Simon, who has been covering African football for a number of decades and is a respected voice on all matters pertaining to the game on the continent. Malawi showed their rich potential with a first ever place in the second round of the Cup of Nations, and we will dissect their performance with journalist Peter Kanjere. We'll also hear the inspirational speech given by the Football Association of Malawi's president, Walter Nyamilandu, to his players in the change room after their knockout round loss. But first we speak to Frank Simon, who offers his views on the good and the bad from the Kasafa sides at the finals in Cameroon. So, uh, Frank, thanks very much for joining us on the uh, Kasafa podcast. You know the uh, region very well. You've been to uh, the countries involved. Uh, let's start with Zimbabwe. What did you think of their performance at the Cup of Nations? Well, uh, at first I was a bit uh, skeptical about uh, the, the possible performances. I know they, they were not able to prepare as well as, as possible. But then uh, from, the, from the first game, I could see there was something in this, in this team. I think uh, they, they, they worked. The, what they achieved against Senegal was great. And overall, I think uh, I'm just disappointed that the way they lost to to Malawi, to be to be honest, uh, I, I think they they have they had the game in hands and uh, and they're just uh, starting slipping, uh, making uh, bad choices, taking bad decisions. But for the rest, uh, I was to be honest with you, I thought that they wouldn't they wouldn't have a great uh, uh, overall performance. Well, they, I was not expecting them to 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 go through the, the second round, so. Yeah, disappointed, but not uh, as much as I was expecting before. And then obviously Malawi, I mean, you know Malawi very rarely get to the Cup of Nations and you would, like the rest of us, you probably would not be thinking they would be, have done what they did. Exactly, Mark. I loved, I loved Flames. I loved the work that was done. Just remember that they had only four guys on the bench for the first, for the first game against Guinea that they, they dominated. To me, they, they deserved at least a point. They lost, but they had the best uh, opportunities. They, they should have won that game. Uh, I was I was really thrilled with that game, with their performance. Uh, and then uh, the, the second game against uh, the decider uh, against uh, Zimbabwe in kind of a derby of a classico of Kosafa. They, they won it with uh, Gabadino and uh, Madinga. I loved Madinga. Uh, frankly, it was one of the games I loved the most in this first round because there was everything. It was a real classical game, as we say, about the Afcon. And then I think they got a bit uh, cheated, uh, let's say cheated, yes, against Senegal, uh, but still they went through. And uh, I really, I must tell you that I did the commentary for Canal Plus Africa, I did the commentary uh, for Morocco, uh, Malawi, and I could not uh, stop myself from shouting when uh, Gabadino scored because this goal is just in uh, merveille, uh, uh, as we say in French, it's a pure uh, jewel. And uh, okay, they, they lost, but still, I think they, they left uh, a print, a footprint in this competition. I think just like Comoros, people loved what they, they, they saw from them. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't really produce game. They don't produce a uh, game as, as such. Uh, too little passes, you know. If you look at the statistics, it was not good. But still, they put Morocco. They really, they really, um, 
they put a very nice fight against Morocco and it's one of my favorite teams in in this competition definitely I will I will cherish the memory of, of the Flames in this competition and uh, I hope they will uh, they can reach another competition maybe in Cote d'Ivoire in my in my second home I hope they will meet there and then of course uh, keeping on the French theme uh, let's not forget that uh, Camors is uh, francophone but it is also Kasafa and that has got to be one of the great stories of the Nations Cup of all time yeah definitely because of the circumstances the, fi- the, the fact that they, they could not use the, the, the goalkeeper which was by the way the second keeper he was not even part of the first 11 and he was uh, brought because uh, Ben Buana was injured but yeah uh, not able to compete for this uh, game against Cameroon the country which was forced to use the left back uh, Shakir Aladou as a, as a goalkeeper he has never served never been used as a goalkeeper but still he put a very strange and uh, uh, original and unforgettable performance uh, I'm a goalkeeper myself so I can say and uh, and yeah Comoros definitely they, I think they, they reached the heart of Africa not only I think in the Kosafa but also in the rest of Africa if you look at the the, the social media people really uh, push them encourage them and said that they made people proud because uh, if you look at the game they did so well they did so well they, they, they scored uh, one of the best goals in the competition as well with um, Shangama uh, and uh, and uh, and, uh, and yeah Comoros I must confess probably don't know it Mark but I was the first French journalist to cover Comoros under that coach uh, Amir Abdou that was in March uh, 2014 they went to the south of France near Marseille uh, and they played against Burkina Faso at that time uh, Burkina Faso was the vice champion of Africa uh, Comoros were in just uh, at the the bottom the bottomest of the classification for FIFA that was the first game for, for Amir Abdou to be in charge he has been in charge of them since 2014 which is something if you know how difficult it is to remain yeah. on, a, on a seat as a coach and uh, I was telling him after the game you know with the material you have with the young generation of these Comoros the binationals French Comorian in France I'm sure one of these days if they let you if your official let you go uh, and remain on the uh, as a coach I'm sure you will qualify with them say come on man say yeah but it's, it's part of the thing you, you're, you're a young coach and if they let you work you will make it and I'm proud to say I was uh, I, I has been my friend for all these years and uh, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy and I'm proud of what they achieved him as a coach and the team uh, knowing that he has remained very faithful to some key players like Mshangama like uh, uh, Aladou like uh, El Fardou Ben Nabouan who is with the Red Star of Belgrade with uh, Ali Amada the goalkeeper who was not able to play he has been very he remained faithful to them he remained faithful to his country and as you know it he's also the coach of Nouadibou which is the champion of Mauritania so he have this double hat on his head being the coach of of, uh, of the Comoros being the coach of a team that participate in the Inter Club of Africa so definitely is one of the best African coach to me and uh, that people didn't know really before the competition I think now they know who's who Peter Kanjere is a respected name in Malawian football journalism and had an eagle eye on the progress of his country's flames at the tournament in Cameroon. He gives us his assessment of their performance and what the future holds for the Malawian team. Right. So, Peter, um, obviously a fantastic uh, Africa Cup of Nations for Malawi. I think maybe within the team they might have expected to get out of the group, but probably not many uh, people around Southern Africa uh, felt they would. Just your overall impressions of, of how they did? Uh, if you're talking about the Flames, 
they exceeded the expectations of many people because this was, the, was their third appearance at AFCON. And in the previous two editions, in 1984 in Ivory Coast and in 2010 in Angola, the team came back just uh, from the first, second game. Uh, you could see that the journey was over. Uh, in both occasions, the team was not good enough to go past the group stages. But... Going to Cameroon, looking at the profile of the players, the team doesn't have big name players. So our expectations were that just playing uh, the formalities of the group stages and then they'll be uh, coming back. But they surprised all of us. I mean, qualifying past the group stages, it was the first time that they did that. And you see, in Ivory Coast in 1984, it was just one draw against Nigeria, two losses to Ghana and Algeria. 2010, one win over Algeria and losses to Mali and Angola. So you can understand, these teams that went to the previous two editions had star players, Kina Piri, Itamponda, Jack Chamangwana, you name them. But at this uh, edition, the team went there with players, most of them from the drawn from the DSTV Championship Premiership, but most of them struggling. Richard Mbulu, Gabalino Mhango, Dennis Yambezi, and Miganizava. These are players who rarely play for their team. So our expectations, to be honest, were low in the team, but I uh, know they have surprised us. And uh, I can tell you, even after the exit of the Flames now, people are still celebrating. Yeah, and of course, they went into the competition... Uh, um, with um, some off-field issues in terms of they had a lot of COVID cases. I, uh, if memory serves, in that first game against Guinea, I think they only had four substitutes on the bench, two of which were goalkeepers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that must have uh, been a great hindrance to their preparation for the tournament as well. No, apart from COVID, before COVID struck, the FA made changes. They had appointed uh, Romanian technical director Mario Marinica in November. By December, they had said, ah, no, the head coach, Mekemase, would kind of like be demoted because it was now Mario Marinica being elevated from technical director to now oversee the AFCON campaign, specifically for the AFCON campaign, because, as the FA said, they had noted some tactical and technical deficiencies in the team. After qualifying for AFCON, then when they were playing in the World Cup qualifiers, having lost five games out of six, the FA felt something had to change and they kind of like demoted it diplomatically though making us and made Mario Marinica the coach. And most of us were saying such changes, though maybe necessary looking at the results, but we felt the timing was wrong. But tell you what, that proved to be the master stroke because the coming in of the new coach then, he wasn't looking at the names, he was just picking players who were performing in training and the results are there to see. We now have two brilliant chaps who have emerged uh, on the scene because of the coming in of Marinica talking about the defender Lawrence Chazier who was never mentioned in the same breath with the national team. The goalkeeper Charles Tom just making his debut right at AFCON. I mean, these are things that we never imagined. Zebro Di Kalima, a midfielder. And then we have Francisco Madinga, who never played uh, regularly in the AFCON profile. Now, standing out as one of the brightest prospects for the team. Yeah. And of course, there, there was that the, the loss to Guinea um, in the in the opening game, which I'm sure would have dampened expectations even more. But then came uh, the 2-1 win over Zimbabwe, Kasafa rivals um, Zimbabwe, where, uh, you know, I think the Flames were just excellent that day uh, and might have even won by a greater margin. What was the kind of the feeling after that? Was there a sense that, you know, maybe we can do this? No, again, to be honest, if you look at Zimbabwe, uh, with knowledge Musone there, Kudagwache Mahash there, we had expectations that maybe we would do well because they are a fellow uh, team from Kosafa region. We know how they play. But to expect a win... Some of us watched the game never say we never thought that uh, maybe they could win because the team had lost so many games going to AFCON. But 
I think the coming in of the recovering of Gabriel Muhango from COVID-19 did solve the scoring problem because if you may recall, in the first game against Guinea, the team lost 1-0 square because of poor finishing. Yamika uh, Chesa had many chances, uh, Misiam Hodi had many chances, but finishing, putting the ball at the back of the net. So the coming in of Gabriel Muhango kind of like provided the final piece to the jigsaw puzzle. And after the game against Zimbabwe, winning, coming from behind against Zimbabwe was remarkable. It showed the strength of character and also the, the, the determination of the boys. From that moment, I think the whole nation and the boys, I think, started believing that, hey, it is possible to go past the group stages. And uh, obviously they had Senegal in their final game, um, you know, one of the best teams on the continent. But, you know, it's fair to say maybe Senegal haven't quite fired at this competition yet and, and shown the best of themselves. But still, to to get a draw against Sadio Mane, etc., uh, was a fantastic result. It was a fantastic result. If you put in the context that the team was without the main defender, Mbiganzava, who got injured. And now that gave the coach uh, an opportunity to feature I mean, to give uh, Lawrence Yazia his first Af- his Afcon debut. And also in goals, he changed and and he, uh, because the first choice goalkeeper, Enes Kakobe, was ill. And then that gave the coach the opportunity to feature Charles Storm. If you put in that context, uh, an experienced goalkeeper and an experienced sweeper at the back, then you are saying, I guess, Sadio Mane? But tell you what, the team, if they in the first in the game against Zimbabwe, the team was so fluent up front. In the game against Senegal, the team showed its defensive discipline. The number of saves that Charles Storm made, the number of blocks that the likes of Florence Chazia, Chambez Dennis made, that showed that the team was so tight and disciplined and they concentrated from the first whistle to the last whistle. Because in that game, Senegal had the chances to win, but the coach and um, the goalkeeper, I think, made unbelievable top drawer saves. And then came the host in the round of 16 game and certainly my pick for goal of the tournament so far I think we'll, we'll have to go a long way to see if there's going to be a better one than, than uh, the one Gabriel Mahango scored um, in that first half when that goal went in were you thinking hey maybe maybe this is uh, we can pull off another upset here I'm, I'm telling you I jumped off my seat I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I, I felt at the ball would fly over the bar. And I said, even if we lose this game, but that goal has made my night. Even if the, if the team bar out, I had no iota of doubt that that goal would be considered among the goals of tournaments. And up to now, we still are going back to that clip to watch again and again that, that video. In as far as I'm concerned, that goal meant so much to Malawi because it makes Gabarino Muhango the all-time scorer for AFCON at AFCON level for Malawi because he was at par on two goals with Russell Mafriwa who scored two goals uh, at the 2010 AFCON. And now Gabarino Muhango having scored a brace in the game against Zimbabwe, he was at par with Russell. But that goal set him up but he's now joined an elite league of brilliant legends of Malawi football, including Clifton Isia, who scored the goal of the tournament at the 1984 AFCON in Ivory Coast. So it's still the talk of the town. What a time of consolation, if we, even if the team is coming back. But man, that goal, you never see it in legends. Yeah, and were you surprised at the performance of Mahanga? I mean, I, I think a lot of people have seen a lot of him, uh, not just in the Malawi shirt, but because he plays in the DSTV Premiership in South Africa, which has beamed across the region but certainly he seemed to raise his game for this tournament and, and he was absolutely incredible was I surprised with the, with the way the goals he scored I will tell you no, I have covered Gabinio Muhango from the age of 15 years when he was playing for Brave Warriors in the second tier of Malay League. 
he was playing with Gerard Piri Jr. That boy, I remember he came off the bench in the second half. He scored four goals in a single game. And what happened in the game against Morocco, that goal he scored, I have seen that uh, type of, such type of goals uh, from Gavadino. But when he was playing for Bures and uh, uh, Brave Warriors in the second tier of Malawi League. So I'm not surprised that Gavadino Mhango turns up to turn up on the big occasion. He's a boy for the big occasion. In terms of the skill, the work rate, the football intelligence, he should be world class at the level of world class. But I think he's oftentimes betrayed by his temperament and also consistency. But I mean, what Gabadino Mohango has showed in the last five games is a sort of Gabadino Mohango that we knew before he left Malawi. But somehow, probably because he didn't go through the developmental stages, sometimes he's not consistent. He's someone who can score 10 goals in two games and disappear for ten uh, for the next 10 games. So I'm not surprised. I've seen enough from Gabadino Mohango. Unfortunately, this is happening when he's at the age of 29. I wish he went to AFCON when he was around 23 because I believe Gabadino Mohango on his day is unplayable. Is good enough for top teams, not just any team in Europe, but top teams in Europe. And who are some of the other players, if we leave Mahanga aside, who are some of the other players that stood out for you uh, at the competition for Malawi? Without a shadow of doubt, Charles Tom in course, because when the team was going to AFCON, we were still not sure of who is the first choice going over, because in the qualifiers, there was the, the coach kept on chopping and changing, uh, swapping between uh, Enes Kakobwe and Bright Munhari. But in, uh, from this tournament, what we've learned is that Charles Tom is the, the undoubted number one. The rest follow. And also, uh, Lawrence Chazia, the way someone who was just playing his second game was commanding that defense uh, on that stage for someone who had just come from Silver Sporting Club in Longue, straight to Afcon, and then he gets his debut there. But the way he was, I mean, his sense of discipline, positional discipline, the anticipation, I mean, organizing the defense and ensuring that you hold Senegal, uh, keep them at bay. I thought that was impressive. But also, the left winger, Francisco Madinga, he was used in the qualifiers, but he's now our reliable, uh, the Flames reliable uh, right winger, without a doubt. I see in Francisco Madinga as a successor to Gavinio Mhango because he too can also play in all sorts of attacking positions, whether left wing, right wing, in the in the central attacking role, he can play. So uh, I thought, and also Dennis Chembezi, he plays for Polkwane City, but Polkwane uh, City in South Africa, but I think he, he he wasn't progressing the way we expected him from the academy days. But at this tournament, he was in Mr. Consistency, never missing a game. Somehow he doesn't get injured so often. And I thought he, he, was, he looked so strong and stood out to be counted. I can go on, on and on, but I think these... Uh, four guys, I think, leaving out Gabadinium Hango, I think these four guys, I think, performed exceptionally well. They were our discoveries from this AFCON tournament. And then just, just last question, Peter, do you feel like this is a turning point for Malawian football? Like, you know, they, they have the national team, certainly. They, they've now proven that they can compete against big sides and and, you know, get out of group stages of the competition. Do you feel like this is a, a new dawn where, um, or, uh, which could usher in a new period of success? I think so. I think going forward, I can foresee the team building on this AFCON tournament because now the fear factor that we can't compete with the best on the continent, I think that fear is over now. We go into the next qualifiers for AFCON, I think determined, believing that we can even go a step further. Gabadino Mohango in one of the interviews says, why not even qualifying for the World Cup? At the rate the team 
is going. The new coach seems to have ended this thing of uh, players being featured based on names. It's now open. The competition is thriving. Of course, one or two areas, we still need someone who can score when Gabadino Mahango hasn't scored because in all the games, all the goals at AFCON have come from Gabadino Mahango. So we need plan B looking at the age of Gabadino Mahango. So we look at this as a turning point because the problems of Malawi have more often been psychological. Stage fright, when you're facing the big teams, the team just kind of like freezes. But now, I think playing at AFCON has given of, uh, given the boys a psychological boost because, to be honest, they performed well without showing no nerves. So that experience of playing at, for, at AFCON could be a springboard for bigger things uh, to come. I, w- I would love to see the team, the Flames, laying their hands on Kosafa because they have been in the final twice, 2002, 2003, but they are yet to win the Kosafa. I think they need to win Kosafa, lift that trophy, then they can start believing. We, we have seen so many teams win after winning Kosafa, teams like Zambia, then they go on even win AFCON. Football Association of Malawi President Walter Niamalandu gave a rousing speech to his players after they went down fighting to Morocco in the second round. It was full of pride and emotion as we take you into the Malawi dressing room to hear what he had to say. Because nobody thought would come this far, all right? Nobody thought would come this far that we would reach the group stages. And not a single person was giving us a chance today. Nobody, okay? And I want to thank you guys that you are our heroes. You are Heroes for Malawi, because you have done Malawi proud. What you have done is tremendous. What you have done is historic. I want you guys to know deep down in your hearts that we fought a good fight. Hallelujah. And we went down fighting. We went down fighting. We didn't give up until the end. And we have bowed out like kings. We have bowed out like kings. Not like dogs with their tails behind their legs. We have bowed out like kings. And you are heroes. Today, you are heroes. You are a legend. Okay? Our new legends. And this must be a lesson for us. That we can conquer in football. Next time we go in a competition, you must believe that we can conquer. That the past is behind us. We're looking into the future. Reason it. Everything that we have failed in the past, yes. today we have buried it under, under the ground. All the losses, the tournaments we have failed in the past, today we have buried it under the ground. We have planted a new seed today. We have planted a new seed today that will make us be prosperous in future. It's because of you guys. Your fighting spirit has been tremendous. Your unity, your team spirit has been tremendous. The love has been tremendous. I applaud you. I've never seen a fantastic team like this. We assembled within a short period, but you learned better. There was a lot of information coming to you guys. It wasn't easy, but you absorbed the information and you use that information. It's not easy. It's not easy to adopt a new style of player within one or two months. It is not easy. But you guys have shown the world that Malawi can play different football from the past. And I want you guys to use whatever knowledge we have gained here. Wherever you go, this is the winning formula. We are unique. We are different because we were direct. Okay? We were fierce. We were direct. We didn't fear anybody. I have no doubt when we go home, we'll be welcomed like heroes. People in Malawi, okay, are definitely happy about what they have seen. They're also surprised about what they have seen, okay? So don't look down, look forward, because we're going, we're marching on. This trend is not stopping today. We are marching on. 
Which means that hey, we are going forward, we are marching on. Okay, we are marching on. But I want this train to be filled by champions. This train will not take people that are lazy. This train will not take people that are forward-looking. This train will take champions. We will not take people that are ambitious. This train is going forward. And we are, I want all of you to be on board, to be on this train. Nobody is remaining behind. We are, I want all of you to be on this board. All the thanks the coaches. Okay? The coaches a fantastic job. Yes. Okay? Mario, yeah. you've opened our eyes. We probably were blind. We didn't see the other side. But today you have shown us that there's so much to football. Okay? I want to thank you. That's it then for another episode of the Kasafa Show. We'll be back in a fortnight with the Cup of Nations, a thing of the past, but plenty more football on the horizon as the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup group stages kick off. Don't forget you can listen to more of our podcasts on Sokoladuma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. 